0: Hi, guys. Welcome to Uncomfortable. The goal here is to have honest conversations about the issues dividing America. And great news for you listeners. All of our episodes are now available on the TuneIn app. All the episodes available there five days early. So download the TuneIn app and listen for free. Hey, everybody. I'm Amna, the host of Uncomfortable. And I'm Alyssa, the producer of Uncomfortable. This week, we're going to take a look back at last week's episode, address some of your comments and questions, and give you a little preview of what's coming up next week.
1: Great. So last week, we had on author Blaine Hardin. He's an expert on North Korea. He wrote a book, King of Spies, about the American spy Don Nichols, kind of uh, brought his story, Don Nichols' story, to light and explained kind of in context how he played into um, the Korean War and uh, current relations between U.S. and
0: North Korea. Blaine Hardin, for me, did the best job I have heard yet of explaining exactly how We got into this situation today. That is to say the U.S.'s role in trying to contain or somehow talk to the North Korean regime. So the story of Don Nichols is fascinating in and of itself. You can read that in Hardin's book, It's King of Spies. But in our conversation, we focus mostly on sort of political history. How did the U.S. come to be viewed the way that it is by North Koreans? How did North Korea come to be viewed the way that it is by Americans? And also the policy policy the US foreign policy towards North Korea over those years, was it inevitable that we'd sort of end up right where we are with all these heightened tensions and the the Twitter war with a North Korean leader? Um, And to some degree, Hardin said, yeah, this is, you know, our policy has been to kick the can a little bit further down the line and just hope that eventually the circumstances would change enough that there was a tipping point or a pivot point, which were clearly not there yet.
1: Right. And look, everyone's trying to place the blame when it comes to North Korea and U.S. relations or world relations, and nobody really knows where exactly that blame goes, um, whether it's on a specific president or not. And a lot of our viewers agreed. Listeners uh, wrote to us. They said, hey, you know, um, you love justice even less than Trump if you would blame him for our problem with North Korea. You couldn't stop this war if the
0: Dalai Lama were president. And that's true to some degree in terms of what Hardin was saying, that there was a little bit of inevitability to this, that this has sort of been building for a while. Everyone was just hoping that it doesn't reach that point. Right. And his point is
1: that we should keep up this policy as the least bad solution so we can avoid having
0: hundreds of thousands or even millions of people put in jeopardy. A global catastrophe is what he said. We're setting ourselves up. If there is another war on the peninsula with the way the two nations are today, as weaponized as they are today, it would be a global catastrophe. And that is what we should be avoiding, he says.
1: I think a lot of people would agree. But then on the other hand, another listener wrote in and said, personally, I do not believe Trump is the problem. I place 100% of the problem on North Korea,
0: period. And I don't think, see, that's not fair either, given what Harden has said. And this is someone, by the way, who was reported from in the country and around the country for decades. And he basically says, look, what's different about President Trump in terms of how he's handled this is that he is responding to the same rhetoric we've been hearing from the North Korean regime for the last 70 years with the same kind of rhetoric. And that's the first time they've had to receive it. And process it, so it's an unknown, right? We've never been in this situation before. We don't know how they're going to react. And unpredictability on the foreign policy front is what freaks a lot of people out.
1: Let's uh, let's look ahead to
0: next week. Uh, we'll have Abdul El Sayed joining us on the podcast.
1: Um, he is a Democratic candidate for governor of Michigan and also stands to make some history there.
0: He does. He is. So to be clear, he's one of. Um, other Democratic candidates. He has a primary fight ahead of him. But if he wins, he would become the very first Muslim governor in the history of the United States of America. And he's really young and he's politically inexperienced. He's a first-time candidate. Uh, He has a whole academic background. He has a great story of being a Rhodes Scholar and captain of the football team and kind of revived Detroit's public health system, but he's running on hope. He's running on a determination to try to change things for the people of Michigan. And uh, just take a listen to this. This is a clip from our conversation with Abdul El-Sayed for all the momentum you say you have, that's not what the numbers show so far. The current front runner is Gretchen Whitmer, is Mm -hmm. that right, a former state senator with years of experience in elected office under her belt. Where do you differ? What's the difference between you and the current front runner?
2: So I'll say experience, form, and function. in experience, she's been at this a long time, mm-hmm. uh, but I think there's two ways of thinking about experience. There's what you've actually delivered and how much time it's taken you to deliver what you've delivered. Mm-hmm. And uh, she has 14 years in the legislature and, you know, I have nothing against her. I think she's a good person. Um, but in her time in the legislature, she's passed zero bills. Uh, she's missed a thousand and fifty one votes. Um, I don't see that as a record of service that, that I would brag about. Um, I know we talked a lot about what I was able to accomplish uh, at the health department in the short time that I was there. The other point is I have executive leadership experience, uh, which is a very different thing than legislative leadership experience. And uh, the experience of having to deliver a set of goods and services in real time to people who need it is something that is unique. It's very different than what a legislator does, uh, as much as I respect what, legislature, le- what the legislature does. Mm-hmm.
1: So that was Abdul El-Sayed on next week's episode of Uncomfortable. Be sure to check it out. Leave us a rating, a review, a comment. You can find us on the TuneIn app on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play Music, and Spotify. Make sure you let us know what you think, you guys. You can tweet at Amna, at Navazistan, N-A-W-A-Z-I-S-T-A-N. I I will tweet you back. (laughs) And,
0: of course, (laughs) use our hashtag, Uncomfortable Talk. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Uncomfortable. Each of our episodes is now available on the TuneIn app. TuneIn is a free mobile audio app available across iOS, Android, and Windows. Download it for free today and listen to the latest episodes of Uncomfortable five days before they're released. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and at abcnews.com. And if you like what we're doing, take a minute, leave us a rating and a quick review. It helps others to find these conversations, and we really just want to hear what you think. Plus, we have made it easy. Just click on the link in the description of this episode. And if you have an idea for a show topic or a guest, leave it in the reviews. Or you can tweet at me, at Navazistan. That's N-A-W-A-Z-I-S-T-A-N. Or use our hashtag, Uncomfortable Talk. Uncomfortable is a product of ABC News. New episodes post every two weeks on Tuesday mornings. And don't forget, episodes are released five days early on the TuneIn app. I'm Amna Navaz. Thanks for listening.